0: to the show if he or she would like more information. Thank you. I've got a special show and special guest today with a topic and a way to apply it in real-world situations. Her name is Ertha Powell, and her company is Head, Heart, Fingers, and Toes Readers, and we'll talk about how that came to be. and She has a course, Transition Awareness Breathing which is coaching parents and children in how to apply mindfulness practices to everyday real world situations, Bertha, it's a pleasure to have you on the show.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me
0: so how did how did all this come about?
1: Well, my business hit heart finger and toe readers. I started um basically. You know, writing children's books and you know observing how my my children learned and and how all children learn. You know, with head, heart, finger, they, finger, and toes, they they use their whole body to learn. And um, one thing that I I noticed as I was like teaching my daughter when she was little is she my my uh, children they when they first um began kindergarten they were readers because I thought it was so important. And so I used all kinds of, uh, media, uh, songs, all kinds of things to get their whole body involved so they can, um, you know, learn different concepts of reading. And so that's how the, the, uh, name Head, Heart, Finger, and Toes Readers mm. came about. Uh huh. Um, so under, under that, I developed different programs and, um Transitional awareness breathing is one of the programs that I developed underneath my business name.
0: How did, how was it uh, you came around to doing that transitional awareness breathing? We talked a little bit about your son, Zach, and yes. his challenges and your challenges with him.
1: Yes. I had, um, I guess I have to say at the beginning, I had no, no concept of transition awareness or any or breathing or mindfulness or anything, but you know we were blessed with Zechariah he was uh, born premature, so that was that was an adventure in it in itself but um, as as he began to be a toddler and um, you know put him in preschool and things like that, he was a little bit different he was very active, and you know i I just thought it was normal, you know. He just wants to play, um, but when you know you start getting caught by the preschool teachers and the nursery school teachers, I didn't think that was too normal. I mean, you know, so he wants to go on the slide four or five times. I don't know what the big deal is, but yeah, you know, he started to um, exhibit behaviors that were a little bit outside of his peer group, and so that that took a. Um, because I'm a I'm a nurse, you know, I I wanted to learn about. You know what, what's normal for uh, a little boy because you know our daughter and, and and when she was little, you know it's totally mm-hmm. total different, totally different experience. And um, so when he started preschool, and you know the the uh, teachers began to say, you know we we think you know he has some issues going on. Everybody was making their their guesses. Well, sure enough, when he started kindergarten, the uh, our the pediatrician says, oh. It looks like he has ADHD. And, you know, I've heard about it, but I didn't really know about it. And uh-huh. so that's when I start reading, and I thought, oh, okay. And I was uh, taking this, this course. I took a, a lot of different um, continuing education courses, and I learned that a lot of these courses were mentioning mindfulness and relaxation breathing, and you know what, David, at first it's like mindfulness? What's that? It sounds like, yeah. you know, what what is <laughs> what's mindfulness? That, that sounds so vague. But let me tell you, as as Zachariah got older and, and his ADHD, the lack of attention and, and um you know, difficulty making friends and I, I started ordering different books and I would try some of these these ideas and they worked. <laughs> And I thought, oh, we have to have something here, and and so I I had, yes, I had to retrain myself. You know, I had to, as I was, as I was um, learning about ADHD, I had to learn. You know, because at first, I I don't know if you find this about parents who you work with. At first, I was feeling pretty guilty because I didn't think I was a good mother. You know, did I miss something?
0: Parents, that how come I didn't? caught this or how come I mm-hmm. them and they feel very frustrated and then when there's some, oh, it's ADD, then oh, what did I do wrong? Uh, I think it's mm. common for parents to feel guilty and, and somehow they missed something.
1: Yes, it's a terrible feeling. And I felt like I was falling down a hole. That's, that's the best thing I could, that's I could describe it. You know, my... Um, my sense of how can I how can I help my son? I felt like I was grasping, but I couldn't grasp what I and I knew. And I so um, one of the books that that I I started to to uh, read is it was, it was called ADHD Non Medication Treatment and Skills for Children and Teens by Deborah um, Budrick. And so I read that, and that's the that's that's one book that I started reading. Another book I started to read was. Um, the woman who changed her brain. Have you? I don't know if you ever heard about the woman who changed no, her brain.
0: No, I never
1: heard of that one. Oh wow! This one here is uh, by Barbara Aerosmith Young, and it it um, you know it's kind of, at first you know I thought you know as I was reading and you know they they start labeling the children as learning disabilities and I thought oh you know mm-hmm. my child has a learning disability, uh, but uh, with uh Barbara Aerosmith Young you know she was. She did have some learning disabilities, and it explained how she was able to do these different um, exercises and skills to strengthen the, the weaker parts of her brain. I thought oh, that was interesting, and yeah. you know, some yeah, relaxation and mindfulness came in, and the ADHD um, uh, workbook that I was reading that talked about mindfulness. And so finally, I clicked on a link, and I thought, this is what I have to learn. This is what I had to learn. You know, I can't piecemeal this, so I just really did a lot of research. I, I um, took some certification courses, and I tried them out on Zachariah, and, and they were working. <laughs> they were, they were yeah. working. You know, he would, yeah, when he was four, you know, this was before he started. Well, yeah, he turned five, so in and so that September, August time frame, he would start school. And so I had him do relaxation breathing. He was doing great. And so I told, I talked to the teachers. You know, Zachary knows mindfulness. He knows relaxation breathing. And it wasn't very helpful because as soon as he got in the classroom, it just it seemed like I was starting all over from scratch again. And, yeah. and I thought, you know, it's like, what happened? And, you know, the pediatrician said, oh, you know, this is common. You know, a lot of children go through this and, you know, the teachers and stuff like that. And I thought, it doesn't have to be like this, I don't think. Um, and the more I read, the more... I, I read that it, a lot of parents went through the same scenario when their children started school. And I, I'm, I'm just a person that, I, you know, I don't sit back and complain because I don't think that's helpful. And, and so I I was, you know, I start praying. I, you know, uh, God helped me to come up with something that I could help the teachers understand how to relate to people like Zachariah and children like him, you know. So as I worked with Zachariah and I tried to work with the teachers and explain things, and, you know, that was, was very difficult. That was a very, very difficult challenge because it's like, um, you know, as a medical medical professional, I'm a nurse, and then talking to academia teachers, you know, elementary school teachers, I, I had to learn how to talk their language.
0: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, the, the language of of IEPs and 504s and yes. those kinds of things can be very... Uh, Daunting. and there are some. Uh, there's a book uh, written by a, a local, had been a special ed teacher, Larry Davis, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. like that. the Insider's Guide to Bible Four and IEP, that explains a lot of that vocabulary, and I, I think that mm-hmm. can be very, uh, foreign language to most of us.
1: It is. It is. You know, and I and I, I had some some empathy. P- for that because, you know, as a, um, my, uh, clinical specialty in in nursing is labor and delivery. And I, and I remember when I worked on the labor deck, how, um, you know, a lot of people, that's not everybody's specialty. And, uh, you know, we start talking that different lingo and people would go, you know, you're specialized, that's your thing, you know, yay for you. Mm-hmm. And, and so, um, I have, that's kind of mine. I, I said, Oh, this is like, I said, this is like when I talk to the academia, the teachers, this is like me, uh, you know, I have to learn their language. And, mm-hmm. and so that was, it was, it was long and arduous and, uh, but I was determined. And so I was talking to one of the, the, um, mothers, uh, in the parking lot, you know, across the, the street from my, my son's school. And, you know, she said, Hey, Ertha, how you doing? How's Zachariah? And I was, you know, all I was waiting for somebody to ask me and I just flooded her with all this stuff I was doing and she and she's like, Wow, you should you should really come up with a course like that to teach other parents and I says, Oh, oh. nah, nobody's interested in this And th- that was the birth of, of transition awareness breathing. That's the concept. That's how it got started. Uh for me to package it as a educational program for parents and children.
0: So how does that uh work in terms of the The program, what does that consist of?
1: Mm -hmm. So um, the program consists of uh, mindfulness, relaxation, and awareness. So the transition is, and this is what I think is very important, is as I I teach these mindfulness skills, awareness skills, and relaxation skills, these skills um, are, are transitional. They move with the person. And what I found, like with Zachariah, is when he goes from one environment, like from home into school, he has to be able to take those tools with him. And, and the teachers, you know, they have to be able to either know his language for him to, to, uh, relax, or Zachariah has to know his, his, his awareness of when he's getting, you know, frustrated or agitated. So that's that transition, transition part. It's just like, I, I remember we talked a while ago, and I, and I guess, you know you know when you work labor and delivery and the and the mom goes through that transitional stage and the body mm-hmm. starts to mm-hmm. change because something new is starting to occur and I, I and that's that uh I guess that's that labor and delivery nurse part of me you know I, I built my program where it's it's evidence based you know and mm-hmm. i I taught um relaxation breathing and I did prenatal classes, and I remember mm-hmm. you know i would you know, teach the ladies and the, and the dads about the focal point and the breathing in and continuing on. And, and, and I says, well, I, I can do this. I can do this. And so some of that, how it's delivered when I teach relaxation breathing, uh, mm-hmm. David, I, I teach with imagery. I don't use chimes or anything like that. I use, uh, because, you know, when the, when someone is going through, uh, uh, if they're frustrated or if they're anxious, you know, I don't think, you know, for, in my opinion, they they have to be able to grab the tools from within and be able to exercise that tool.
0: Getting caught up in the anxiety, which then gets into the fight or flight, paint freeze, and reactivity, and nothing's going through the the thinking circuits. Um, They can learn, as you say, the awareness that, wait a second, I'm getting overloaded. Here are some things I can do to prevent that. And none of us are born just knowing how to do it. Uh, And children certainly can learn it. And otherwise, if they get acting out, uh, it's interpreted often at school uh, that Mm -hmm. the child has a behavior problem. You're
1: so right.
0: Yeah, they're acting out the way they feel. They aren't trying to give someone a hard time. They're having a hard time. <laughs> they
1: pass, right. <Ryan>. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That that brings to mind um, that uh, my son was, you know, he would have these these uh, um, moments and they would send him to the office. It, it, it was, it was his impulsory, you know, I was talking about the impulse, yeah. you know, episodes. And he was having impulse ep- episodes because he was overstimulated. And I finally had to, to tell the the group, the teachers, and the principal, and all. <clears throat> I, I said, you know, sending him to the office is not helpful <laughs> mm-hmm. because he he's getting labeled as a bad boy, you know. And you know, they assure me, oh no, we don't. He's not a bad boy. I says, I it says, but is that's how it's being interpreted to Zachariah. Yeah. And and so everything had to be like a, you know I, I had to be really frank with them. And so he sees it as a punishment. But if we really want to help him, and he would do his breathing in, in class, and they, uh, I was uh, I was told, well, he's doing this breathing. <laughs> That's a, he's trying to do his relaxation breathing. He went, oh. So that was the, that was the beginning part. Uh, but as I worked with Zachariah and the word got out, I started teaching at the school, and I, you know, I had a, a small group and, the teachers, I was getting positive feedback from the parents that their teachers were noticing a difference, in the children who took TAP, Transition Awareness Breathing, that they were more focused, um, they were able to get themselves back on task. I mean, it's not like, let me. Uh, you know, it's not like a miracle program where, you know, the yeah. person turns like from night and day. You have to work at it. Sure, and,
0: sure. It's a skill that mm-hmm. has to be developed and fine-tuned as you go along.
1: Yes, yes, and as they get older, you know their their uh, world changes, and and so um, you know ha- having to keep it fresh and learning new uh, activities and exercises uh, is is one of the things that that I try to keep going in, in transitional awareness to teach the parents and the children.
0: So, how can you inspire or reward a child as he or she gets? trying some of these skills and they find, oh, I'm going in the right direction. How can you reward them so they they figure, oh, I guess I'm doing something right. I'll keep doing that.
1: Yes, that is so good. Um, Reward is so important. Uh, And that's part of behavioral change. So um, when I'm teaching positive words are so important they're such important gifts we have we we have positive songs and it's because a lot of times the, the children come um, with a lot of negative self talk and yeah. you know as i when i talk to the children i, I just kind of listen to them like a facilitator and and so you know we'll we'll sing a positive song and then i'll ask them think of five positive words and it's really a struggle and so my goal is to help them build their positive vocabulary and take the positive songs and positive vocab- vocabulary out uh, with them as they go. You know, I give, um, mm-hmm. as, they, as they're as they learning this, I give them little prizes, you know, just little things, you know, just little things. Oh, and they're so happy. You know, they get a little bit competitive. And then you know, they have things to, to take with them to show their parents. And, of course, now the parents are happy. And so they get that positive reinforcement, it's, you know, and when I get um, the parents teach, uh, telling me how, oh, you know, so-and-so had a great day, or sometimes, you know, a parent uh told me that, um, you know, when you get those alarms that go off on your phone, those alert alarm things, uh-huh. uh, yeah, well, um, come to find out, one of the children, that was a trigger for anxiety. And, <laughs> you know, it's like... Uh-huh. Um, and it's like, uh oh, and so the mother was, you know, telling me, oh, that's that's a trigger for her anxiety. And so we gave an opportunity, you know, I told her, I, t- I told the mother, I said, talk her into the mindfulness breathing, the relaxation breathing. I start them off with the four breaths in and six breaths out. I said, try that. And um, so she says, okay. And um, uh, that week, the, the child had a, a session uh, class with me, and lo and behold, the alert thing went out. And I could tell, I could tell that, you know, she was getting anxious and things like that. Where's my mommy? Where's my mommy? And she never was like that. You know, I said, uh-oh, do we have yep. anxiety going here? So, so what we did, you know, I says, okay, I want you to think about your favorite balloon. And I want you to blow that balloon to your favorite place. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to concentrate on that balloon. And I played the mindfulness music. And she was very amazed how much it worked at that time. And so I gave her a special prize. So the prize that they that they come away with is positive talk and they know Miss Eartha is has goodie bags, you know, but it, it what it does is it changes their self talk and the parents yeah. are so appreciative. You know, I, I guess another positive thing is that to give the children and the parents a uh, knowledge that they're not alone, that yeah. there's help mm-hmm. and there's information and they can feel comfortable.
0: Yes, I think so many. Uh, I certainly hear parents at first. They feel this must be the only child that has these problems, or or they are the only parents who are trying to figure it out, and and all their emotions about it. How come I didn't see this? Because this child's yeah. different than my other two. Things like that. Uh, so knowing that there are other parents going through that struggle, there are other children. Um, and I I think and I know parents are upset when they hear their children say, I hate school, I hate myself, I'm dumb, mm-hmm. all that negative talks. So being able to substitute the positive and parents are they're frustrated because they aren't quite sure how to do that. So this is Ex- the you're, exactly model. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh thank you i you know you want to be you want to be an advocate for your your child and uh, you know when there's negative and and, and the academic you know, elementary um arena they don't mean to be negative that they they really are trying from from their mm-hmm. platform they they're trying to develop things that's helpful but right. <clears throat> but what's not but what's not helpful is the understanding that a child that has a d h d is different the mind the, the brain is is developed differently and if if we could get that that across you know if if a child came in a school and they had crutches in a wheelchair, that child would be given the um, accommodations re- required to help that child succeed right but because of the child with the a d h d you know they they, they, they smile they they're, they're happy or or they may not be smiling because they have all this negative. Uh, taught mm-hmm. on, on their shoulder that they get outcasted. And, and I think it's very important for them to realize that when these children are set aside or <clears throat> when there are, are, in a, an environment and the, the children are like, oh, you know, he has a brain issue or, you know, so and so, go to the office. <laughs> yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, <You> know? And <laughs> some, some children, uh, they get the, uh, the teacher didn't want me bothering anybody else. Um, so mm. She said, "Here's your special desk, and it was over in the corner: well, Oh boy, That child isn't going to feel special. Um, right. Singled out. I'm away from maybe everybody else. I must be bad. Um,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: don't want to contaminate someone, or you know, the teacher doesn't want me to affect other people mm-hmm. the wrong way.: Ch- Children take it much different message than what the teacher is trying to be helpful um, in terms of not having other children upset and also that child being able to, as the teacher may think, concentrate on things because no one else is around him or her, but children experience it differently.
1: Exactly. That, you're, that is so true. That is so true. They... They feel like, you know, uh, something is wrong with me. Um, everything's my fault. The reason why I can't learn is my fault. And it's a, it's a heavy burden. And, you know, when I read about children when they reach their adolescence and, and they haven't had the opportunity to get help, um, I, I just, my heart just really, um, goes out to those children.
0: Yes, because then they, they have friends quote, helping them, either it's just, uh, you can smoke some of this or take some of that, mm. or he finds that, oh, I can escape into video games. Well, that's fun to do for a while, but when they're trying to escape everything because they feel so bad about themselves and everything going mm. on, they're spending hours on video games and not getting even further behind in social interaction. Exactly, And, it, and those yeah.
1: children have such gifts, you know, that, that's, their, that's hidden inside of them. And they have, mm-hmm. the, they have everything that they need inside of them to bring those gifts out and change. Can you imagine these children with ADHD that can multitask and think of four or five things at the same time and, and they could use their gifts? Can you imagine what kind of better world that they could, they could contribute? Yeah, the,
0: the creativity that... Uh... Can be there and and uh, but feeling uh, empowered in terms of okay now I can control that anxiety mm-hmm. I can take care of this situation and I'm sure as children get more uh, skilled in the awareness breathing that they learn okay I was able to calm myself down I was able to yeah. keep going and then. Hopefully, teachers also see that, and parents do, and so it you get the positive snowball effect. Yes. Yeah. So, right now, um, you mentioned uh, before we began the show that uh, you're doing virtual classes. Of course, you can't. Yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. Yes, I'm getting ready to uh, start my uh, virtual class on Monday. This is a uh, class for the new year here in our virtual. Um, school, so um, you know, I've, uh, I've um, wrote a book um, to go along with the, the class. It's called uh, TAP, Mindfulness, Awareness, and Coloring Activities in a Pandemic World. And uh, what it is is a, um, some coloring books. It has some activities uh, for learning how to do uh, mindfulness, relaxation, breathing, I have questions in there like color your mood and um, think of five positive words. And it's also a tool that can be used for journaling. And I I think to to Mm -hmm. teach the children, you know, even if they can't write or can't spell, they can make a picture of how they're feeling or how was your day or something that they can start expressing themselves.
0: Yeah. And then where does the breathing part come in? Uh, in the coloring book, is that an- yes?
1: Yes. No, oh, no, it's in there. It's um. So I call it high five breathing, and so it's a, a it's a handprint, um, and it, it has instructions on high five high five breathing. I got the idea. Um, you know, you do so much research and things like that, and and looking at uh, some of the readings and, and some of the demonstrations, and so I said, wouldn't it be nice? If a a person could just look at a coloring book and they could do uh, this high five, this uh, high five breathing. And so what I did was I did a handprint and uh, put some arrows around and instructions Mm -hmm. so that even a person who didn't come to my class, they could follow the instructions and do the high five breathing. I also made a music mix uh, with um, relaxation music and they can play it along uh, as they're working in the, the, the coloring book. And, uh, um, I, you know, I tested it out on my children. I tested it out on my, my students in my class last year. And one thing, David, you know what, I, I found when, when, um, when I was playing the mindfulness music, the children were very focused. You know, they, they came in, they're, you know, really active. They've been in school all day long. They want to talk. And so and that was okay. We did crafts. And so then what I did, I I, I um, had these coloring activities. I just had a lot of, you know, when you do a conference, you have a bunch of papers all over the place. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's, that's, what, that's what I had, I had a bunch of coloring papers. And uh, so I passed the coloring papers out and I, I played the music. Everyone just, you know, really got calm. They were concentrating on their work and things like that. So one day I gave them the coloring activities and I did not play any music. There was a lot of movement, finger whack, you know, oh. the sing- the feet were kicking, little chattering, you know. And I thought, oh, this is interesting. So then I turned the music back on. I turned the music on. Everything ca- calmed down. And I asked the children, I said, so when Miss Eartha plays the music, what do you guys, do you like the when I play the music or do you like it when it's quiet? And they said they liked the music because um, when – I didn't play the music. It was too quiet. It was too much, it said too much quiet. Mm-hmm. It was too much quiet.
0: Too much quiet. Mm-hmm. That's that's great. Well, as often the case um, with these shows, were at the end of our time. Uh, <coughs> and I've just so much enjoyed listening to your story of how all this came about. And I think uh, my kind of summary look at it is that you were determined to follow your curiosity and able to apply your creative thinking to come up with this uh, way of teaching and coaching parents and children uh, so I'm very excited that uh, you have that book out and a link to that will be in the uh, introductory uh, page to this show Bertha, uh, it's just been wonderful to talk with you Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Okay, hey, this is Dr. David Palmari signing off now on ADHD Focus, and we'll talk again soon.